What's up, guys? This is The Point Staff. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey. Every Thursday when we wish we could be on campus worshiping with you guys, we'll be putting on a podcast episode talking about what we're up to, laughing a little, encouraging you guys when we can. Basically, we're just trying to feel connected when we're socially distant. guys let's get started and have some fun i was thinking we should play a game that has been played in many a life groups Mm. life groups play this game a lot they have a good time with it at the start of each life group let's play a good round of highs and lows yes swells and l's a classic swells and l's or i've also heard it called happies and crappies (laughs) (laughs) a crowd favorite (laughs) So let's get started. Jonathan Beerus, why don't you get us started? What was your high and your low of the week? All right, for me, highs and lows this week after a very regretful low, I would say, last week of starting to rip out our wood floors in the middle of coronacation. Um, I would say the high for the last week has been finishing the installing our new floors. Allie and I worked tirelessly uh, for about three days, stayed up to 3 a.m. one night, but the floors are in. And so that is a definitely a high for this week. So proud. As for a low. And the high would be your wife who worked with you on the floors. And what a good time you had working with her. Nothing like working on the floors with a hot wife. It was great. Wow. Beautiful. What? <laughs> Go right. get them, tiger. For the lows, quite honestly, it's probably been the craziness of the floors. Took up a lot of time, lots of hours, and has just wiped me out. But again, it's a new week. An emotional roller coaster. But we, the we're glad to see you alive and well through it. And it looks beautiful. The floors are great. Nicole, what's your swells and ills of the week? Okay, start with my highs. Highs of the week, life group. I really love meeting with my life group, even though we can't be in person together. It truly is a blessing to be to have Zoom and be able to Zoom with them, as well as hammocking by the lakes. Okay, the lakes, they're not really, people aren't being socially distant by the lakes, but if you set up a hammock in an isolated space by the trees, like by the lake, you can have a socially distant time by the lakes. Low of the week, I mean, today I was really sad because I burnt my waffle. So that was a low. I'm so (laughs) sorry. Is that too too much of a load? She just asked, is burning your waffle too much of a load? We are in the world. You went too far. far We are concerned about burnt waffles. What about you, Katie? What are your highs and lows of the week? So my high of the week would be, I think it was Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Saturday, whenever it was the first time in a whole week that I left our apartment and it was glorious just <laughs> to see the outdoors. I sweat a little. I got to ride in the car and listen to some music. We had Lysol in our cup holder, but we that's because we were on our way to Walmart. So once we got to Walmart, it was stressful, but getting out of the house and driving was definitely so fun. I was coming alive again, being outside. Mm. I was thinking about what my low is and I'm just gonna be real with you people. Don't judge me, but my low is definitely today because I realized that I forgot to brush my teeth all day, and <laughs> I feel, I'm, I'm being serious. It was my low too, everybody. And 
my low is that I am only a human, but I am not even a clean one. So you're telling me that is how I'm doing today. But did you wash your hands? Oh yeah, a bunch of times. Okay, then you're doing great. Thank you. A bunch more than I did. I do what I can. <laughs> This is the part of the episode where we would like to take up a donation for the Moors to buy toothbrushes and toothpaste. Please send them their way. Our I'm sorry, everyone. Missions, funds, and oh, I don't know. Account number. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Joseph, you got any highs and lows? Yeah, I think I'm going to start with my high. It's real simple. I got a new video game <laughs> called Animal Crossing. New Horizons. What? Anyways, so that's really been fun. Basically, I just create a character and am, in a way, in charge of an island. And I got to make it really awesome there. And it's really fun. Oh, you forgot the part that you start off with debt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you start off with a butt ton of debt. Don't let him fool you, everyone. Besides that, my low would have to be actually a little bit of a funny story. My low would be that during preaching lab, we had to record us preaching for like five minutes. And I decided to record while Katie was downstairs and I felt uncomfortable. So I talked really, really quiet without trying during the video. And long story short, the teacher ended up calling calling me out for being awkwardly flirty when I spoke (laughs) during the video. And it was embarrassing. So like your tone was like flirtatious? Yeah, it was like this no, a little bit. No, don't do it. <laughs> it was an That's uncomfortable awesome. whisper, okay? <laughs> I do affirm that that was his low. <laughs> that is a low. That is a low. Was your low as well, Katie? Well, yeah. Since it was in front of a whole class of interns, yes, I would agree. <laughs> it was really weird. Allie, highs and lows? All right, I think for my high is that one of my favorite, most entertaining things to have happen is to see Jonathan laugh hard. Like anytime that I I do something or I say something or I get Jonathan in a situation where he is like hard, like laughing from his gut, just like tears, hard laughing. It's one of my favorite things that could like ever happen is to make Jonathan laugh really, really hard. Cause it's not the easiest. Like if, He's not the easiest to make laugh like that. So even though it's the year 2020, Jonathan just went down his very first um, rabbit hole of memes in the last hour. (laughs) He discovered memes for the first time and he started just losing it. I mean, just like doubled over showing me all these memes, laughing so hard. And then before you know it, he went down the trail and started showing me TikToks that were making him laugh. Oh, no. I haven't seen this boy laugh like this in a while. <laughs> and it's always a high for me if, if I ever am around Jonathan and he's laughing that hard. Easy high. Easy high of the week is Jonathan discovering memes. Also, if you're out here, now is your window to send Jonathan a good meme. Now's the time. It, this is the time when it will be most appreciated. This will be the time. It's a new discovery in his life. It, guys, it's new. He's so excited. I'm going to pull my phone out right now. Bring it on. Look out, Jonathan. <laughs> For my low of the week, I would say it would be one of the many times that my dog Hank has escaped this week. He's often... Um, 
taken off. The kids are always leaving the doors open to the house and off runs the dog. So he escaped yesterday and he caught up with this guy that was out for a run. And I started chasing Hank. Hank started pacing himself and keeping pace with this guy that was running. Oh, God. And then before I knew it, I was running with this stranger as well. And I caught up to the stranger but couldn't catch up to the dog. So I just (laughs) said to him, hey. Hey there. Whoa, Hank took you into exercising. <laughs> Got him. I just hey. said, hey, I'm going to run with you for a second. And I ran next to him <gasps> and um, like right with him and until I, until I could catch the dog and get the dog to come back home. You're not supposed to run with strangers. Honestly, that's also a low for me. Your dog running away. <laughs> a low for like 10 oh. times it happened today. Oh, 10 gosh. times. I was like, Hank, <laughs> I'm about to punish you. Uh, I don't know me. why he he wants to be free. To. Although I'm starting to get it though. If somebody leaves the door open around here, I might take off soon. Just <laughs> head, off, <laughs> head off running down the street, you know. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get to the point. The point this week is prayer. Before campus was shut down, we were in the middle of a series on prayer. So we'd spent the first week of this sermon series on prayer, talking about the Our Father prayer, talking about the way Jesus models prayer, and that he models entering into prayer with intimacy with our Father and with a sense of awe for how holy he is. And then the second week, uh, we we had a, a, another sermon on prayer. We talked about how to not uh, babble like a pagan. <laughs> that was our example of how to pray, how to not babble like a pagan. And we talked about... Um, learning that the value in prayer is the heart behind the words. So tonight we're going to talk about the idea of structure in prayer. And so as we think about prayer, you know, tonight we're going to focus on what do we do in that time of prayer? What do we do when we actually sit down to pray? What should it look like? And so I think when it comes to prayer, I think there's kind of a spectrum, two ends. One spectrum or one end of the spectrum would be, Man, I just go and talk to God. And whatever comes to mind, I just talk to him and I just sit. And the other side would say, man, it's all about structure. And maybe in many denominations, you know, they have memorized prayers. And so they recite certain prayers at certain times. And so maybe a question for us, you know, what do you think prayer should look like? Should it be more structure or should it be more freedom? What do you all think? In my opinion, whenever I have a lot of freedom, not a lot gets done. So get real, okay. So in my in my opinion, I I think that there should be a lot more structure. I think a healthy balance, just like with anything in life, is good. For me, I tend to lean to more of the free flowing, go with the flow type of personality. So when it comes to really anything in life, but my prayer life as well, I tend to be more free flowing. But over the years, I've really seen the value of bringing structure into my prayer life, even though it's not my natural lean. It truly has given me a guide in my prayer life. And it kind of, not forcing myself to be the structured type A person, but bringing structure into my prayer life so that I have more guidance and a direction in my prayer life. I think that I'm, I'm not sure I would put myself in a structure camp. Or in a, like, free-flowing camp. I think I would be in, like, the rhythm camp. Ooh, rhythm. That I don't really have, like, a hardcore structure to prayer. 
But I do have what's a learned rhythm of prayer, of, of kind of the ways that I think about prayer as I enter into it and the way I spend my time in prayer. And I think it's from my early days of following Jesus when I was taught to pray with like the pray acronym, like praise, repent, ask, and yield, and that those would spell out the pray acronym. Or in my early days following Jesus when I was taught to pray in the rhythm of the Lord's Prayer and not necessarily reciting the Lord's Prayer, but learning the rhythm of it, of, you know, starting to pray our Father in heaven and then using that sentence to prompt you into some time of worship and then um, hallowed be your name, you know, time of worship. And then moving on from there in the sentences of the Lord's Prayer, prompting you into certain types and kinds of prayer. And I think I did that enough in my early years that it's formed a rhythm of prayer that I usually stay with, but it doesn't feel structured anymore. And maybe it did years ago, but now it just kind of feels like a learned rhythm. I think I relate more to that. I wouldn't have thought of the word rhythm, but I like that. (laughs) Whereas I think for a very long time, I thought that there wasn't supposed to be structure in prayer. Like I thought that was not something that like the Holy Spirit likes to use because I guess I just assumed he was mystical. (laughs) But um, then I'm learning more of like the value of like, no, structure is helpful. But I know myself pretty well. And I know I have like a high potential to become legalistic with things. And so If anyone relates to like you stress out about wanting to do things the right way, almost to a fault, then you're not alone. That is definitely me and I struggle with this. And so I think I relate a lot to what Allie was saying, like a rhythm, like I will take prayers like the Lord's Prayer and that will be like a good example for me, kind of like a guide, but I won't take it, I have to be careful not to take it too seriously and get too focused on just, am I doing it right? But actually letting it guide me, but like still also allowing the Lord to guide me in prayer and like make it my own, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I think for me growing up, it was very much like learning memorized prayers. And so I I did that and that was kind of my prayer life. And then I would have these few moments where I would just ramble off some things to the Father. But as I started walking with Jesus in college, you know, a kind of prayer became like this idea of just go talk to God, you know, and tell him what you need. And, and so prayer was very much focused on like, here's my 20 requests, here's my 10 requests. And I just rattle them off, same things every day. But I think in the last maybe year or so, or I've just really been thinking about this idea of prayer in particular, um, Pastor Ryan Post wrote a book called Healthy Prayer. And I read that and it's really got me thinking on this idea of prayer and what it should look like and what's the purpose. And so one of the things he talks about is prayer is not so much what can I get out of God, but it's about being formed by me being transformed in my time of prayer. And the way I pray is is going to form me, form me and, and change me, not so much all the things God's going to give me. So I think that's kind of been moving around in my head and thinking about some things, trying to figure out like, okay, what should my prayer like look like? And one of the things he talks about is structure. And so again, I grew up having structure. And then I went to this free flowing, just tell Jesus all the things I need. But I'm realizing more than ever that I really need some structure because what it does is it makes my prayers less selfish and more selfless. 
And what it does is it pushes me to pray things that I wouldn't have thought I needed to pray. And as I pray those things, I think it can help transform me into the person God's asking me to be. And so, again, I'm not perfect at this. I'm still trying to figure this out. But that's one of the beauties of trying to figure out this structure thing, because I think what it's going to do is help me to become who God wants me to be. And so I think trying to come back to that middle ground again, where I can still spend time asking God to take care of this coronavirus, to ask him to heal people, to ask him to take care of a very present need. That you know what you don't find in the Al Father. You read the Al Father, nowhere does it say cure coronavirus. And so I think we have the freedom to pray for that. But also I want to have some structure to pray for other things that maybe in my own selfishness I wouldn't be thinking about. And so I think there's just this beauty of structure that I've been thinking about and trying to figure out how do I implement this into my life so I can become who God wants me to be. And so I think about this idea of structure. The question is, is this biblical? Like, do we see structured prayer in the Bible? Well, I mean, I think when you see the disciples ask Jesus, Jesus, teach us mm -hmm. to pray. You don't really see Jesus give them the example of, hey, well, when you pray, just say whatever's on your heart. Just speak openly. Just talk for forever or anything. You actually see Jesus model a prayer for them and he says when you pray say this and so when I look at scripture I feel like there's a reason to believe that Jesus intended for them to memorize and repeat that prayer no absolutely especially that one section is in Luke 11 and it, clearly the disciples come to him and say Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples and he said to them when you pray say this and so it's something beautiful there because I think many times we can see that passage of scripture and say, well, this is just a model. This is just an example. But it seems clear in scripture that, man, Jesus expects us to pray the Our Father because there's something here. There's a structure here. A passage we love in the Point community is Acts 2.42. And we talk about it quite a bit. It talks about the early church. And one of the things I love is that it talks about all the things that they were devoted to. It talks about uh, fellowship and breaking of bread and meeting together. But then it talks about this idea that they were devoted to the prayers. And it's like, wow. So there were some certain prayers that the early church knew and they taught and they prayed. And so I'm sure there was times where they prayed over specific things that weren't memorized. But I believe there was also structure. And so I think there's value that in the church, we got to be careful we don't get so far away from the structure because we see it as outdated, but man, we got to see value in that structure. And I think for many of us, that might be a little uncomfortable. You know, it's like, oh, well, I just want to be able to talk to God. But I think we got to understand is that when you start telling people, hey, just go talk to God, that doesn't always make sense. If you grew up in church, that makes sense. But to the new believer or to the non-believer, that's like, what am I supposed to say? Any of y'all ever felt that? Like, well, what am I supposed to say right here? Oh, for sure. I think there's plenty of times that I have wanted to pray about something and just not even known how to get started, or I've just felt overwhelmed about the idea of needing to pray, but the I, the topic or the thing I'm needing to pray for is just incredibly overwhelming. Or other times that Man, I, it's dry or whether it's just in a funky attitude, but it's like, 
I need to experience Jesus in prayer. But when I'm coming to prayer, I don't even have like a good place to start because I just feel dumb. I feel that, Allie. I feel like when there's a tough thing that I need to pray about, I just don't have the words to bring to the table. And sometimes I think that's okay is to just come to the Lord and have, um, that's where structure comes in, I guess. Like you can have, um, you can pray through the Psalms or you could just sit in silence with the Lord. And that's also a form of prayer. So I've definitely felt that. See, but that's huge for me though, because my natural reaction is to think that like, if I sit with the Lord and I don't know what to say, then like, I should feel bad about that because I should know what to say. But I'm realizing like with the structure that we find literally in the Bible or just, you know, some knowledgeable people have given us some like ideas on how to be structured. Um, I'm realizing that is not like a sign that I'm the worst prayer ever and I should feel guilty and bad about that. But it's really just like, it's just to help me be more intentional about making my time with God count and making sure that it's at least helping me grow to be more like him. Like how Jonathan, you were saying earlier about your prayer time is meant not for you to get all these things out of it necessarily, but for you to be formed, like for who you are to be changed and to be more like Christ. And so I'm realizing needing structure isn't a sign that I'm a failure at prayer, but it's really like helpful for me to just be more intentional with mm-hmm. my prayer time. So that is like really huge for me. Yeah. I'm on an exact same boat. It's one of the few times me and Katie are oh, on the same agreed. page where, yes, like I, I feel like I know what I want to pray about, but also don't, I'm struggling because I don't want to sound selfish. And, but also I don't want to sound redundant or something. And I'll end up praying like, Lord, help this. And God, please just help this more you know like I, I really don't know what to say uh and i appreciate that yeah the word guides us on how to pray and i, I appreciate that because i i feel like when i do speak with structure and in agreement with the lord that it just brings me a lot more peace i think it's crazy that like structure sounds like a scary hard word but it's actually bringing freedom <laughs> i love that that's good that's good now one of the things i was thinking about like an analogy and as i talked to students about prayer and me and Brandon Dash were talking about this and discussing this book in particular. And I remember talking about like the idea of when we come with this structure, the beauty is we can trust the structure. And I think an analogy of that is kind of like a workout plan that we understand if we, if we, you know, some of us were like, well, not me, but you know, some people like to work out and they show up to the weight room and all they do is lift, you know, they're just going to bench the whole time. But the reality is unless you have a good plan that works different muscles that work different time and a good rhythm, you're never going to gain overall health. You're never going to gain, you know, what your goals are. You're just going to get bigger biceps. And so if you want to be truly healthy in terms of your weight loss or getting fit and all this stuff, you're going to have to work different muscles and have a good plan or a structure to attain overall health. And so when I think about that, I think about this prayer idea is like, if I have a good structure in place, I believe that if I show up every day to the structure and be faithful to it, that in the end, I will become who I want to become. I'll become, you know, a better person. I will become a person who is more connected to the Father. And so that's what I want you to think about when, you know, you're thinking about this idea of a prayer structure. Know that if you build a good structure or a good rhythm, as Ali has shared, 
that you can trust a structure and every day you show up knowing that if I stick with my routine and I stick to my structure, that in the end I'll become who I want to become. But you're going to have to add certain elements to that structure that make you get to that goal. So when you think about working out, you know, I think you can have this structure, but again, if you show up and you don't really give your all, you don't really work out hard, you don't really give your best energy, at the end of the day, the structure doesn't do anything for you. You actually have to show up and put your effort into it for a good workout. That's good. You know, so if I come in and, you know, actually, you know lay on the ground, try some push-ups, but I don't really give my all, my body's not going to see any transformation. Likewise, when it comes to this idea of a structured prayer, like you have to come in with it with your heart. Mm -hmm. If I just sit down and ramble off, say, you know, a bunch of memorized prayers or just a bunch of, you know, freedom prayers where I'm just saying what I want to God and I sit there for 10 minutes and I'm like, well, I did my 10 minutes. That's not really going to change me. Mm -hmm. Again, we got to make sure when we come into these times of prayer that our heart is connecting. That it's about our heart connecting with the Father. Remembering our goal is to connect with Him. It's not just to say, I prayed today, but it's to say, I connected with the Father today. So when you think about structure in terms of like our prayer time, like what are some practical structures? What are some structures you guys use that students could use in their own personal prayer time that can maybe give them the structure they need to ultimate growth? Yeah, I think this may be a little bit of a spoiler, but... Ryan Post actually gave us this guide on practical structured prayer using scriptures. And I've been using that where it'll literally guide me through every step of the prayer. And, and once I'm done with that session, I really feel like, wow, Lord, you really, you spoke to me and I feel peace. And I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel at peace now because of this prayer structure. And it's just a little pamphlet that you can find online. They call it a prayer trellis. Hey, we should post the link to get that structure because it's online on his website, right? It's done. Yeah. It's down. You could find Let's the link post it. in the description. So everyone can have some prayer structure in their life if they want some. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's awesome. Um, I think Ryan did an incredible job putting that together. And I think one of the cool things is that he's collected these prayers that people have written some centuries ago, some more recent and he's compiled them all and he's using them. And, and again, these are just prayers that someone has written. But what it does is it gives us the structure and it gives us a, a, something to pray that maybe we wouldn't even have thought about. But it's again, it's a guiding us to a place where we're going to become stronger and better and more like Jesus when we follow different structures. So the prayer trail is definitely great. Allie, any of that you use? You know, years ago, I heard Pete Mulet, a pastor at the University of Virginia, talk and teach on the idea of planning out a week in prayer. And he talked about kind of making a list of, of all of the things that you want to be praying for in the week and then kind of grouping it up and assigning each thing to a day. So I haven't heard okay, him yeah. teach on it in a while, so I'm scared I'm not going to do it justice, but I'll just say... He said this years ago, and it's something I still incorporate into prayer now. And one of the ways I, I incorporate that into prayer is um, I'll sit down and I'll think to myself, like, if I was praying for everything that I wanted to be praying for, like, if I almost just imagine, like, 
the fulfilled prayer life, you know, like the okay. prayer life yeah, where I'm yeah. praying for all these things, because I think that's one of the things that overwhelms me about prayer. It's like, gosh, I should be praying for my family and I should be praying for my friends and I should be praying for my students. I should be praying for the girls that I'm mentoring and discipling. I need to be praying for my kids. I should be probably be praying for finances and the Lord's provision. I need to be praying for our campus. So basically, and, we need 10 hours a day. Oh my gosh, like the world and politics and the hungry and uh, just the persecuted church and, and Baton Rouge. Yeah, our city. And I just, all of a sudden, I can be like, I should be praying for everything. And so whenever I start to feel really overwhelmed like that, I'll um, kind of make a list of like, if I was praying for everything I feel like I should be praying for, and then I break it up and I can kind of group them together in likeness, you know, one day to pray for our, for our campus and, and, and our students and one day that I'm praying for our family and just different elements of that. One day that I'm praying about the future, you know. It's a funny thing. You graduate college and you think that the future's sealed and like you're good. But into my 30s, I still have to pray about what the future holds for us. <laughs> so, and I still have to ask the Lord about that. So I hate to disappoint you guys that think as soon as you make it through the next four years, it's like I'll never have to worry about the future again. That's not how it's worked out for me. Um, <laughs> but oh, no. if I if I write out those things and, and I group them together and then I spend a day on each one, man, that has been um, like I said, it's something I learned years ago, but still impacts the way and the kind of the rhythm of how I can pray now. I love that it's so awesome. much. I am finding healing and breakthrough for prayer. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> well, shout out to Pete Bulette and the University of Virginia because I totally, he he taught us that Are you on? back when I was an intern. My intern year, Whoa. he we won't taught that. When so that, was, but... that would have been 2009. 2009, Whoa. he taught that in my internship. And like I said, Still, after all the things I've heard taught on prayer, that's been one of the most impactful things I've ever learned from my personal prayer life. Bless you, Pete. So, Nicole, is there anything you do for structure? <laughs> okay, I think one thing that I do is praying through the songs. Um, I think when I don't have the words to say, I look to the songs because they're basically written prayers out um, for us to use. So I will maybe take a psalm and pray through it. And the psalms actually have a structure to it of praising God, trusting God, surrendering things to the Lord. So I kind of take that structure sometimes and write my own psalms of lament when things are going wrong, when things are chaotic, when life doesn't make sense. I will use that as a structure. I'm honestly doing this weird thing where I'm trying out all these different prayer ideas in my prayer life right now. It looks very experimental i'm just being real because i've recently learned a lot of things about prayer because before this like season of my life my prayer was just like the kind where you sit before the lord and you feel bad for not knowing what to say and you just blame it on not feeling spiritual today but mm -hmm. now i have the same prayer trellis uh, little pamphlet thing that we're dropping the link to i've been using that but i've also been doing like the days of the week thing at the same time and that's been giving me freedom with my super long prayer list basically i'm just feeling free so i was gonna say basically you're doing like tai bo tai chi every other exercise routine all at one time. Yeah, I didn't mention, I do all the things all at the same time standing on my head. So it's really <laughs> an experience. <laughs> I think 
for me, one of the structures that I can remember early on, like when I came to know Jesus and started following in a personal way, I can remember being in a Chi Alpha like class and we had a guy come in to teach us on small group leading. And one of the things he taught us was he, he gave us a seven up can. I was like, okay. And the seven up can had this little label on there and it said seven minutes with Jesus. And so on this was this little label was this little structure to help you in your quiet time or in your prayer time. And so what it did was it said for 30 seconds, you would invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of your prayer time, to invite the Holy Spirit to seek his presence. I love that. And then you would read for two and a half minutes, for two and a half minutes of reading scripture. And then from there, you would work on the um, prayer acronym of P-R-A-Y. So you would praise God for a minute. So for a minute, you would spend time praising God. And then you would take a minute to repent of any sin or any things that you need to repent of. And then you would spend a minute for asking for what are things you need to bother to do or that you need in your life. And then the last one would be yielding, which is usually the hardest. We don't know how to shut up, you know. And so this whole idea of seven minutes. But the goal would be that you would progress from seven to maybe 70 to grow over time. And so... Again, That's it was just good. a quick little thing just to stick in your brain. I still remember that. That was when I was a student, and I still picture that 7-Up can with the label on it. You know, So, again, these are just structures. These are just different structures that you can try in your prayer time. And here's the thing I want to encourage you guys is that we're in the midst of a long pause. School is not normal. We have more free time than we've ever had. Even for our students, you guys have started class. You're back this week, online classes. But the reality is, is it looks way different. Right now, you're in fewer hours of class every week. Not all the teachers are making you show up. you know. And, and so right now, you have this free time. There's no sports on TV, Netflix. You've probably watched all the shows already. You know, um, Gaming's getting boring. And so you have this time. And so what I want to encourage you is to think like what opportunities can you take advantage of in particular in your prayer life? What structures can you experiment with, so to speak? Testing out maybe a structure a week and just try and see how it does in terms of your connection to God. Because again, that's the goal. The goal of prayer is not just to ramble off and babble like a pagan, but to actually connect with our Father. Where we don't know, where we show up, but we also walk away with his peace knowing that he's listening to us knowing that we're comforted when we're you know having needing comfort and so again i encourage you to think through what structure could you try this week that would allow you to connect better with the father it's about being transformed in the image of god that's good that's really good well, hey, as we wrap up tonight, I just want to say, students, we love you guys. We miss you guys. And we are praying for you guys that as you spend time praying in this next week, that you will experience the comfort and the power and the presence of the Lord as you pray. Well, as we wrap up today, I just want to say to all of our students that we love you guys, we miss you guys, and that we are praying that as you spend time praying in the next week, that you will be experiencing the power, the comfort, the presence of the Lord as you are praying. Also, just want to remind you guys, get connected with a life group. That We have tons of life groups that are still happening online. They're happening through Zooms, through FaceTime, through 
whatever way it's happening to be able to see some people and talk to some people all through a screen. But if you hop over to our website, you can fill out the form there. And if you've not connected with a life group, I'll connect you with a life group and get you connected to a life group doing a weekly Zoom and spending time together, even though we're all living socially distant right now. Also, before we go, there's a few life group leaders that want to tell you guys hi. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Later, y'all. Hey, podcast listeners. This is Kari. Um, I just want to give a special shout out to my life group um, full of amazing, sweet girls who are really just trying to make the best out of this time. Um, they're doing so well with just building community and encouraging each other. And I'm so, so, so proud. I hope you all have a great week. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Brandon Das. Just wanted to shout out my life group guys real quick. Y'all know who y'all are. Love y'all and I miss y'all. Hope y'all doing well. Peace.